You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. We are knee-deep into the Thanksgiving-slash-Christmas-slash-New Year's-slash-I mean, they, don't they all seem to just run together? I believe they call it the holidays. Oh, that might work then. But <laughs> since we're knee-deep into this, and specifically here in the States and any place that might be celebrating Thanksgiving, yeah, happy Thanksgiving to yeah. the Sexy Marriage Radio Hope Nation. you guys have a great time and uh, spend some time actually thinking about what you're thankful for. And... On that note, mm-hmm. we're thankful for the Sexy Marriage Radio Nation. Definitely. For the ones that regularly show up or even just occasionally show up. Shout out to you. Mm-hmm. Glad that you spend some time with us on occasion and maybe glean a little bit of information that does help your married life uh, move up the scale of enjoyment, satisfaction, pleasure, adventure, whatever it might be that you're looking for. We hope that uh, we can offer a source that gives you good quality information on a week-in, week-out basis. That allows you to celebrate all that marriage can be. Mm-hmm. And if you've got something specifically you want us to address, if you've got a question you're not sure, I'm going to, you know, you're, you might be thinking, I don't think I'll ask this around the Thanksgiving table, but I do want to ask it. I you can, can let us here. know at 214-702-9565 or feedback at sexymarriageradio.com is where all the emails that come in get read and help shape the show because this is listener driven radio it is i think if they're asking that at their thanksgiving table i want to be there absolutely right? i want to be at that family thanksgiving absolutely that reminds me of a time when i was in school and we had um those diversity experiences we were supposed to do where we would e- each class uh-huh. required us to go do something out of our norm or bring up a topic we wouldn't normally with family or somebody and and then write about the experience. And one of them was when we were heading to go see all of my extended family in Tyler. And that was when my grandparents were still alive. Everybody was coming in, which was not a normal occurrence. And I was going to ask my grandparents where they learned about sex and what their thoughts were for the prior generations after them. Perfect. And I told my parents I was going to do that. And my mom's face went pale. Like, you will not ask that question to them mm-hmm. <laughs> because she was scared of like, that's not a topic we talk about. No, you can't do that. That was so taboo in that family. It really was. And so I ended up chickening out and did not bring it up. I honored my mother in that case. And but you've regretted it ever since. I, have, I really would have loved to have heard from my grandparents some, because I think they would have been some great information. Oh, yeah. I they think they would have talked, talked and, and been straightforward and upfront. Well, coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio, um, I'm going to quiz my wife on a sex ed quiz I found online that's high school level. Oh, yikes. It could be kind of fun. (laughs) Because I think I'm probably at sixth grade level, so this might be above my head. Well, we'll we'll find out. Again, no judgment. And then also, we've got an email that's come in um, that's asking for, um, what are some good books that can help him in this journey? And so as we're heading into the holiday Mm. season... yeah. Um, reading can be a way you can disappear from people <laughs> when you're trying to steal a little time, or it's a way to challenge yourself because you got a little more time on your hands. Right. So we're going to cover that and maybe see where that spins into some more information too. And then coming up on the regular, on the extended version of Sexy Marriage Radio, which is deeper 
and longer, and there are no ads, you can subscribe at smrnation.com. Um, I had a chance to speak just recently on the whole subject of intimacy, and we recorded it. And so the extended content is going to be a conversation about intimacy and how it's kind of the opposite look at it or an aspect of intimacy that we don't usually look at. Right. Think you'll like it. So all that's coming up on today's show. All right, my dear wife, Pam. Yes. We occasionally will do these uh, sex ed or sex quiz or some of these different things. Just kind of you get to be the one that's put on the spot, but it's also a chance for the audience to test their knowledge. As, yeah, so you guys play along, along with me, and I'll be your comedic relief, and we'll go from there. <laughs> and so, so uh, there is a whole lot of different things out there when you can when you're trying to just study the world of sex and sexuality. Yeah. Um, but there's also just some basic information that's really good, and some things that are like, huh, okay, I didn't know, I didn't realize that. And so I found seven questions. Okay. That I'm going to quiz you with, and I'll, I'll be up front with you right off the bat to say this is not multiple choices or fill in the blank or just short answer. All right. I can do it. Okay. Let's and go. so uh, if you need help, I guess you can phone a friend. No, I don't have a way to do that. You could ask a child. No, we won't bring them on the air. So I guess you're on your own, baby. All right. Let's this. go. Okay? So question number one. In what part of the female anatomy is an ovum fertilized? An ovum? An ovum. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I've not heard that word before. Okay. Would you like some clarification on that word? I'll gladly define, help define some of the things that are within the question. I, you can feel free, so to, the ovum, you can feel free to define it. We'll the see ovum if I... is the singular egg that's released from the ovary. When it is released as it's traveling through mm -hmm, the female the reproductive tubes. system, mm -hmm. it's an ovum. That's okay, so the question is... And uh, what part of the female anatomy is the, an ovum fertilized? Where does fertilization take place? Uh, uh, well, that's a real good question. I guess, I don't know, is it actually in the uterus or is it in the fallopian tube? It's you in are the correct tube. with the second one. Yeah. The fallopian okay. tubes. That's, okay. where the, that's where fertilization actually takes place. And then it goes through to the uterus. And then it, it travels its way. So an yep. ovum is released, and it'll hang out in the fallopian tube area for roughly 24 hours as it's traveling through. And so if there's sperm that's working its way up through the past the uterus and on into the fallopian tubes, that's where fertilization takes place. Because most often, the uterus isn't real conducive for fertilization. Okay. The, the fallopian tubes are. All right. So for those of you that are trying to get pregnant, well, okay, here's a little bit of... Well, info for a you. little bit of biology to yeah. learn and, and um, understand. I don't know if it, I don't know if that knowledge actually helps increase the fertilization I, chances. Yeah, I'm like no. But um, question number one, you got right. Well done. So question number two, what is the purpose of pubic hair? Okay, we're on radio. So okay, sorry. As you're talking, as you're thinking through, I, they can't hear the wheels. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they should hear some rusty cranks in there going right now. I, I don't, I'm guessing it's something to do with odor and attraction, and I don't know. Okay. I, I really, I really have no idea. Well, the judges aren't going to give you credit for this one because the pubic hair's purpose actually is it protects the genitalia from unwanted bacteria and pathogens and friction huh. Huh. it okay. protects the area yeah to keep it clean 
and softer and more comfortable for during the active intercourse. All right. So one and one is where you stand right now. All right. right, So so. for those that get the Brazilian, we've got some issues. They're just, right, get it all. Fair, but I think... To to be fair, um, th- as as society has evolved, there's there is still importance to genitalia and and I mean the pubic hair protecting the genitalia, especially from the bacteria and cleanliness. But there's also a lot more education about how we keep ourselves cleaner. A good point. Okay. Because if you talk about culture way back, showers weren't as prominent and gotcha. prevalent as they are today, and cleanliness was a different relative term. Depending on what culture in which you live. Okay. So okay. So question number three: How long does the average sex act last? Depends on how you define sex act, I guess. This would just be let's go with just intercourse. What's the average Average length of time? Mm -hmm. Six minutes. Perfect. Spot on. It's actually five point seven to seven point five minutes. Okay. You got right. You nailed it right in the middle. Hot dog. Well done. Straight straight down the middle. All right. So two and one. Two right. One wrong. Number four, what's the world, world's oldest way of practicing birth control? Um, to pull out. Perfect. You got that one right, too. Is the pull-out the ter- method. Is that yes, the, the pull-out method. The that's pull what it's method. called. Okay. And that's just where you, for those of you that are unaware of what the pull-out method is, that would be where you remove the penis before ejaculation. Yeah. And ejaculate on an external area of her body rather right. than internally. Number five, other than latex, what else can condoms be made from? I'm figuring I'm going to stump you on this one. Uh, yeah, I'm totally, cl- <laughs> I mean, what, camel hair? I, that's a joke. No, I don't Ooh, think that's, I ah, do not think that's, that not that's be how comfortable it's made. For her. Totally random. For, for totally sure. random. No, I have no idea. Okay, so it's polyurethane and lambskin are two other common ones. Okay. But the one thing to note, because lambskin it does have um, a, a whole different level of sensation because of the the composite of the material, okay. right? But lambskin only protects against pregnancy. It does not protect against STDs. Okay. So just got to make that note and clarification for the for the audience so that everybody understands. Sure. All right. Number six. What's the average age Americans lose their virginity? Ooh. Yeah, this one, this one's an interesting so one. So might be kind of sad. The average average age. age. Well, you know, I'm gonna go with 18. Okay, 17.1. Okay. So you were really close. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll give you the judges will give you that's that's within I'm the statistical problem. Oh, it's okay. Too off. It's too well, look off. at that. She's being difficult on herself and holding herself I'm to 50, a higher 50 standard. I'm 50-50 so far. Well so done. Let's see how this. And the number goes. seven, the final question. This is. We'll see where you rate on it. Did you pass or did you fail the whole thing? Uh, What is the most effective form of birth control? Abstinence. Perfect. (laughs) Exactly. That's the one that's also the big hot button when you look at different... Because remember, this is from high school. So this this whole test came from a high school level um, data that was collected and then presented Mm -hmm. to, to high schoolers. So abstinence is one that, you know, society latched onto and said this is the only way and now they're trying to come in and and deal with how do we still offer protectiveness right and and education and promote health so what'd you end up with we got four out of seven four out of seven okay well done (laughs) that's uh i know i'm not even gonna keep moving on from that but uh yeah (laughs) it's still some of these are tough i'll give you that 
but also some of those well done because this is all just how do we deal with what's going on within our body and and what we know can help us inform ourselves, our spouse, and our children. Yeah, so go ask your high schoolers these questions, I see, guess. See how they do. Yeah. <laughs> work. All right, so since you've recovered from the quiz, yeah. I'm guessing. I am. I'm good. All, right, I'm all good. good again? All I'm right, all so this is an email that just came in that I felt like uh, for the holiday show, this fits just because um, between us, you know I'm a reader. You are. I love reading um this is something that was born out of being in grad school. Mm-hmm. So it was born out of a necessity. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something I enjoyed earlier in life, for sure not as a kid. And then earlier on in our marriage, mm-hmm. I really rarely read. But now I've kind of picked it up and I get on kicks of reading quite a few books at a time sometimes and try to plow through as many as I can. And now Audible is a whole new Yeah, world. your life's revolutionized <laughs> with that. On the, on the kind of information I can you know, digest on a quick on a quick level. But this came in saying, my name's Trey, and I started listening to SMR during the summer while my wife and I were navigating the lowest part of our relationship that we'd faced. Listening has helped, you, has helped us greatly and still trying to get my wife on board. I'm currently a school counselor at the elementary level, but I want to pursue my LPC and LMFT. Until I'm ready to jump back into college classes and observations, it would be great to know what authors I read or what books I recommend. I'm currently reading No More Mr. Nice Guy and loving it. So any materials or sources you can recommend are greatly appreciated. Keep up the great work. So I want to take this from two different sides because one is it's a it's a colleague in the profession sure. asking for what are some of the things that can help steer me in that. And I don't want to spend a lot of time on that because it's largely going to come down and I'll just answer your question straight out, Trey. Um, whatever theorist you believe in when you start entering into the world of LMFT and LPC, uh, theories. One of them will probably resonate more with you than the others. Learn everything you can about that person. Mm. Yeah. Ta- all the read, books and all the books about them. Read everything that you can about that person and their and their work mm. and how they, how it's evolved because theories to me are how I look and shape humans in my view and it's where I go when I get stuck with somebody. I, I will go back to a theory mm-hmm. to help me th- my, with my thought process on where do we go next? How do we mm-hmm. solve this? How do we look at this? So it should be, if you've been a listener of the Sexy Marriage Radio world or nation for any length of time, you should know um, on my list, it's Schnarch. As far as a theorist, um, I mentioned last week I had just returned from a training yeah. with him. What would be your first book of his that you'd read? Um, so Passionate Marriage is a good one. The second one after that, Intimacy and Desire, is actually better because it's a little more digestible. And this is something also can be, it's written for the lay person too. It's not necessarily a clinician's book, okay. but it gives you a good inkling into an introduction into his, his theory and, and the whole concept of the crucible. Um, his newest one, Brain Talk, I wouldn't go there to start with for sure. Uh, and then Constructing the Crucible, the Sexual Crucible, I wouldn't go there. It's more academic and more It's in how the he field. created it, yes. Okay. Both of those are how they've created it. So they're pretty deep and heavy. So just a person like me, probably not going to read that one, right? No, I wouldn't go there. But Intimacy and Desire, absolutely, okay. would be a good one. Um, also in the field, and these are a little more broad, uh, well, some of my favorites are The Man's Search for Meaning from Viktor Frankl. He's the one that helped create the whole world of logotherapy. He's the, he is a... A psychologist or psychiatrist that was actually interned in a concentration camp, and he discovered when you can make your me- make meaning out of your suffering, it changes your outlook. 
Mm-hmm. And so he then is credited to go on after the war, after he survived the war, um, he brought the suicide rate in Austria down to zero. Making meaning out of your suffering. Yep. And I think that's what you bring up a lot in a yes. lot of what we talk about is what is the meaning behind each of yep. these actions? How do you interpret X, Y, Z that just happened? Because what is the meaning to you? Yep. So, or how do I, yeah, and how do form. I make sense of it? How do I yeah. make it to where, okay, this setback just happened rather than, oh, poor me. It can be, okay, wait, what can I learn from this? What, I mean, mm-hmm. the scriptural equivalent to this is consider it joy when you face trials. Yeah. Because it will produce something. From James, yeah. It's the same concept. So that's a great book. Another one that I really enjoy um, is Irving Yalom's The Gift of Therapy, because he's, he's one that espouses the, the humanness of the therapist is, is essential for therapy. Okay. So the person, who that person is, matters. Not just do they know the right words and you know unconditional positive regard and empathy and all that, but who they are, how they how they how they experience them, their the process and the relationship, okay, makes a huge difference. And so that was one that stood out to me um, in school. And then another one that just came out um, from Lori Gottlieb, who's a therapist in L.A., and she wrote a book called Maybe You Should Talk to Someone, hmm. and it's a, a therapist. Her Therapists and Life Stories or something like that is the, is the subtitle. But it's a, it's a fantastic read that really does the therapy profession well. <laughs> it it kind of carries our side of this thing really well. On This is who we are as, as people that are trying to do this job. And she's a gifted writer. Um, that was actually recommended to me just recently by some clients of mine. So shout out to you two. You know who you are um, on the ones that mentioned this to me. But uh, that's a great read. So that one's a great read, really, for anybody. It is, but I think it's also a good one for a therapist because it helps kind of... She goes through and talks about a bunch of the different theories and how they apply to life, and she uses them in real time with with her journey as she's as the story's unfolding. And, and that one has a lot of like real-life examples, right, to give you... Yes. Good good me. It's easy to understand. It, for- follows, it follows four... Uh, prominent clients that she's worked with as well as her role as a client with Wendell is her therapist that she, that's the, his pseudo name, his code name was, but it's a good, it's an enjoyable read. And then, so then transitioning from there to just how do you help frame your thinking? Cause he mentioned he does no more Mr. Nice guy. That's what he's been reading. Mm -hmm. And that's a great one. Um, I'm a big fan of John Eldridge's work. Yeah. So for the men, Wild at Heart is a good framework. Uh, for the ladies, Captivating, written alongside his wife, is a good is a good framework. Uh, my favorite of John Eldridge is actually Waking the Dead, and that's the idea of living more from your heart and letting it and its desires speak more cleanly and be a, a good source for you. Mm-hmm. Um, he takes this concept from Saint Arrhenius of. Whatever you do that makes you feel alive, go do that. You know, just that kind of concept of right. go go do stuff that stirs in you. Um, then you know full well, Pam, our love of Donald Miller. Oh man! And blue like jazz, uh, a million miles, miles in a thousand years, in a thousand years. And then book. even his relationship book, Scary Close, is good. That's mm-hmm. his journey of how he wanted relationships to make him healthy. And then he realized he had to be healthy before he was going to have a healthy relationship. 
I think that one would be key for so many people. It is. A, right. It's yep. it's not realizing that I've, I've got to work on me and make myself healthy before I can do anything else. Yep. There's not going to be any relationship that works well if I'm not. Right. Making myself healthy. Right. A relationship can't take me someplace that I'm not. Right. And how maybe I think I am healthy and wow, I'm just not even really. <laughs> I'm looking at somebody else's reflection in the mirror and not right. even mine. Right. So his work is really, really good. Um, I'm also a fan of um, Brene Brown and her work on vulnerability. Daring Greatly is the one that's most prominent. And that's the one I would start with. This one was recommended to me by an intern years ago that she made the comment of, besides the Bible, that is the one book I would want every single human being to read. Interesting. Just because it captures this whole idea of vulnerability begets vulnerability. And Mm -hmm. so how do I look at it through the lens of my drive forward for deeper connection as I'm getting in my own way sometimes? Mm -hmm. And and so that's that's a really good framework. And then another one that's uh, to kind of round out this kind of thought is this is an old work. It's been around for a long time, and it's The Art of Loving by Eric Fromm. And it's one that'll make you think, and it's not an easy read necessarily, but it is a profound book in in grad school. It was one of my favorites. That, That would be one of those that it really shifted my thinking in really good ways as I look back on my, my journey through grad school. It made me start thinking for myself. Okay. Because he framed it with a lot of theory that allowed you to then kind of be under, but you had to make your own within it. It wasn't like just, you know, drink whatever he's pouring. It makes you start thinking of how do you, how do you see this as a concept, and then how do you see it play out, and what do you do with it? Okay. And so how you start applying it for your own life. Um, and then the only other thing I can think of that... That's worth noting. Um, that's just a good read, and this is one of those one once in a several decade works that happens that just took off, and that's the work of Mark Manson. Um, the subtle art of not giving an F uh, is a great read. It is. You got to get past the first chapter because he. You got to get past the first chapter and get used to the F word. Yeah, he. It seems to be overused in the first chapter just to get his point across, which it is. But um, but it's a it's a good book. It's a book on values. It may not mm-hmm. seem like that if you're not familiar with the book. That's what it is about. It's about mm-hmm. how do how do your values shape you? And so, he originally wanted to uh, title it the negative self help because there's so much <laughs> out there. And then when he wrote the he wrote a blog post that was called the subtle art. And his editor, who was an older dude, came to him and said, there's your title right there. And he's like, no, no, there's your title. No. And they fought about it. And then finally was like, right. And I think that's what helped, helped it take off. Yeah. I mean, title makes a book, right? It really and, does. And that one sticks out. So people pay attention to it. Yeah. And that, that actually launched me on a three-month escapade of most of the books I bought had expletives in the title, it seemed like, <laughs> because there was a lot of self-help that was taking that kind of a bent that was just really good, and you just have to get past some of the wording, but the content could still be really good. Right. So is there anything I'm that, that jumps out to you, Pamela, from this list or that needs to be messed for, that I've missed for the field or anything You're that you've You're asking me if you've missed something for the field? Well, no, no. Well, for, <laughs> the, for, the, for the question that uh, was asked. No, no, no. no okay. Sir. Or anything that as we've talked, 
as I read, because you kind of learn stuff as I, as right. we have I, our conversations. I glean and I grab some of them here and there and start <laughs> reading and um, okay, and glean for that. Yeah. So if there's something missed, um, please let us know on feedback at sexymarriageradio.com or Trey, if 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 you got something else you want to hear, uh, let us know. Send send an email because uh, this can be something where the nation can help the nation. And so write it, write it in, and we can put it in show notes or disseminate it in other ways, so that way the rest of the audience can, exactly. can learn together exactly. and we all are better. Well, I guess I'd always put in a plug for Naked Marriage. I think that that's solid. It's good material. It's easy to read, and I think it's pretty great. Well, thank, you. thank you for that. It's hard to kind of include your own book sometimes. It's, uh, that feels well, kind of like, you know, the first one you should start with is Naked Marriage. Uh, I, I love the book. I appreciate that. I, I'm I'm a poor reader. That one is that one is certainly an easy read. It's easy to get the point and get and and um see where it's applicable to life. Good. Thank you for that, babe. Yeah. So to me it seems like the best way to wrap up this episode is once again to just say happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Yeah, I hope you guys have a blessed time. Absolutely, because Thanksgiving is a fantastic time to enjoy uh, just relaxing with family, relaxing mm-hmm. with those that you love, mm-hmm. um, tolerating family, <laughs> and enjoying seeing them. Right. I mean, there's a whole range. It I get it. It can go both ways, yeah. I totally get it. But take advantage of the time. Yeah. And, and express some gratefulness to the people that have helped shape and, and be a part of your journey. Because we don't get to, you know, we're only here for a short while. And so take advantage of all the opportunities you get to enjoy the chance to be with each other. Yeah. And with that, uh, thank you for spending a little bit of time with us and how you regularly show up uh, each and every week. So wherever you are, whatever you've been doing, have a safe and happy holiday season. We'll see you next time.